The Damon Hayhow Podcast, a delicate contemplation of nutrition, of weight training, of body recomposition, of fitness being shitness. Welcome to the Damon Hayhow Podcast and part four of Blood Tests for Bodybuilders. Today's episode is testosterone, the big daddy hormone that everybody presumes higher levels are better and will give you, if you're a man, a constantly erect penis that can smash holes in walls and massive muscles with ripped abs but covered in body hair and you have to fight women off with a stick because of your manliness and if you don't have to fight women off with a stick because of your manliness it's all because your body just decided to conspire against you and lower your testosterone levels into the ground to make you miserable. As you might expect all of these expectations are absolutely fallacious nonsense and the reality is something quite a bit simpler but just quite a bit different from everything that you have heard. So starting off with the levels, the normal range for testosterone among labs is generally in the vicinity of 8 to 30 with some variation depending on the lab, some going a little bit higher, some going a little bit lower. The clinical level for hypogonadism, low testosterone, is under 6. So technically, if your levels are below 6, as a man I'm talking, then uh, you should be eligible for uh, PBS subsidies on testosterone prescriptions because you are so clinically low in testosterone that it is a disease state. That said, in the real world, in Australia anyway, I haven't heard of a single endocrinologist or urologist or anybody prescribing a new patient with testosterone for a good couple of years, even for very clinically low levels, because there's just been a giant political bureaucratic witch hunt for any doctor who prescribes testosterone. And that's kind of come as a knee-jerk reaction to the fact that the anti-aging fraternity and a bunch of other shysters have been running around telling executives and corporates and men everywhere that the answer to all of their problems is testosterone medication and the inference being given out there is that testosterone medication is kind of like cocaine that you never normalize to that you can take this drug and unlike all other drugs in existence you just feel like superman for the rest of time and function like you've never functioned ever before and the body never ever adjusts to re-establish normalcy despite the fact that you've had higher levels of testosterone before and blah 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 Anyway, that is the story, and as my sarcasm may suggest, it's just a bunch of bull. The reality of the situation is, having whether your testosterone is at the top of the normal range or the bottom of the normal range really functionally makes absolutely no damn difference whatsoever. Whatever level of testosterone you happen to have for a few months becomes your normal level of testosterone and your entire physiology will be balanced around that anyway. Now proof of this can be seen in the fact that steroid users don't just start taking some amount of steroids, steroids being based on testosterone mostly and generally, they don't just start taking testosterone steroids at a fixed dose and just keep taking them forever and continually grow muscle or get better at sports until basically they explode of excess muscle mass or something. The steroids wear off. 
any steroid user will tell you that after two months of the same dose of the same drug, basically they're not making any great progress anymore, certainly not the progress they were making in the first few weeks. And they need to either increase the dose or they need to taper off so that they can taper back up later on or change drugs or do any number of other things to change the protocol because having a given testosterone level for an extended period of time simply creates a new level of normalcy. This is also where the problem, steroid users don't even realize this, that the problem that they fa- that they suffer coming off the steroids where they crash and go backwards and all the rest of it, there's multiple reasons. But the main big reason is, is that once your body has normalized to a certain level of testosterone, then suddenly dropping that level very, very dramatically is going to give you feelings of insufficiency. In fact, it's going to be more subjectively difficult than just having clinically low testosterone levels every day of your life. In fact, many men with clinically low testosterone levels are completely unaware of it. Uh, We've had many cases of men who have tested with clinically low testosterone levels, and they were unaware of it because they were still sexually active. They didn't have erectile dysfunction. They they still got erections. They couldn't still grow muscle and lose fat and, and all the rest of these things. Um, the it wasn't until they did a blood test that they discovered, ah, this is why you don't feel quite the best that you did. But it wasn't that dramatic. Having said that, a steroid user who suddenly drops their dose from 2,000 milligrams a week to 200 milligrams per week is going to feel far, far worse, not because they don't have nominally okay testosterone levels, but because their testosterone levels just suddenly plummeted by 90 odd percent. So this is very, very important for people looking at their natural levels. Having testosterone levels at the bottom of the range is not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination you basically feel like you will feel with testosterone levels at any other point within the normal range. The only difference between a person with levels at the top of the range versus the bottom is the person at the top of the range is less sensitive to testosterone than the person at the bottom of the range. The only reason the body produces more testosterone than 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 it would is because lesser amounts don't work. And this idea we can see proven throughout the body in in other areas. The simplest and most obvious one that most people will probably understand most directly is insulin. The job of insulin is to uh, control your blood sugar and to shuttle excess glucose into the muscle cells and the liver for storage as glycogen. People with high insulin levels don't have ludicrously swollen muscles absolutely jam-packed with glycogen. Actually, they've got relatively flat muscles and a whole lot of body fat. People with very high insulin levels are called diabetics or pre-diabetics. It's a bad thing. And the reason that the body produces such high level of insulin in these people is because the body's insensitive to insulin. It needs more of the insulin to get the job done because a normal lesser amount doesn't work. Testosterone is exactly the same. A testosterone level in in all of the men that we've trained in the last 10 to 15 years who have gained, uh, these are all of the men over the age of 35, for example, who have gained 10 plus kilos of muscle and and built deadlifts up over the 500 pound mark, etc. So the guys who have really built substantial quantities of muscle and strength, 
every last one of them has had testosterone measured at 12 or less, at the bottom of the range. The highest testosterone that I've ever measured in any of the hundreds and hundreds of patients that we've measured over the past 15-odd years was in a 65-year-old obese man on the brink of death. One of the the sickliest and, and most just his blood test was a sea of red ink. It was just, he was terrible. Honestly thought he could die sitting in the chair in the waiting room. And he had a testosterone, a natural testosterone level of almost 40. So this idea that high testosterone means you're a manly man and low testosterone means you're a sap of a man is absolute bollocks. It's closer to the opposite being the truth. In most cases of a man having high total testosterone levels, it's simply a reflection of the fact that they have low free testosterone levels from a high SHBG level. So SHBG is sex hormone binding globulin. It's a protein that binds the testosterone and and other sex hormones in circulation. And while the hormones are bound, they're unable to activate the receptors. They're basically inactive. They're in a holding pattern. It's only the free and unbound testosterone that does the job. So typically what we see is that in men who are stressed out, sleeping very, very poorly, overworked and all of those sorts of things, this seems to be the thing that causes an increase in SHBG. There are theories as to other things that should cause SHBG, but in the real world, that's not what I've seen. Steroid users frequently actually exhibit very, very low SHBG levels, interestingly, because the opposite should be true. And this is just another example of the opposite should be true, but it just doesn't happen in the real world. Anyway, with the high SHBG levels, this is when we mostly see the men with the highest natural testosterone levels. It's simply the body producing more total testosterone in order to get the free active level of testosterone into the normal area of the range. So when you read these absolute nonsense stories on the internet out there that you should have a free testosterone level of X, usually a thousand or some other arbitrary number that's thrown out there. It's just a nonsense. It does not matter what your number happens to be because within three months of it becoming that number, it's going to be your new normal anyway. Everything after that is simply you. So If you have erectile dysfunction or low libido, doesn't necessarily mean that you have any issues with your testosterone whatsoever. It doesn't mean that testosterone will fix it. It doesn't mean that if testosterone does fix it in the short term, that over the long term you found the solution to the problem. Because we have had many patients with fixed testosterone levels, as in they've gone on testosterone replacement therapy, And a year or two down the track, they find themselves in the same boat as before in terms of their lack of libido, sexual dysfunction, muscle mass being lost, and all the rest of it. Generally, the reason for libido problems is either your brain doesn't find your penis to be the most important thing in the world at that point in time. For example, you're being audited by the ATO and your wife wants to divorce you. In that situation, a lot of men don't find themselves thinking about their penis very fondly at all. If your penis has gotten you into a lot of trouble in the past or if your penis simply has let you down a lot of times in the past, very often this is when men will say, I have a lot of problems with my penis performing. 
these things are very, very obvious and have absolutely nothing to do with testosterone. In terms of training, lots of men claim oh, so many things. One of the main claims is that their testosterone levels are the reason that they're not growing muscle or losing fat. This is the dumbest statement in the history of mankind. If your training isn't working, no matter what activity it is that you're training for, then you need to change your training. Simple as that. If you want to use drugs and you want to dope for a higher level of performance, well, that's, that's on you. Or more power to you. That's completely fine. But wouldn't it be a good idea to at least be training effectively first so then when you add the drugs, you will get a more favorable response and a higher level of performance? Trying to fix failing training by taking drugs is a fool's errand. It's just stupid. Same thing with nutrition. We get a lot of men going, I'm not losing fat and my diet isn't working and my diet's absolutely perfect, but it's not working because I need testosterone. Again, this is self-evidently not true. Diet and training work. If they don't, you fix the diet and training. If you want to use steroids for the optimal result, add steroids to effective diet and training. Quite logical, really. The next fallacy that I hear frequently about testosterone is, is guys saying that they know their body because they can feel their levels. I promise you, nobody can feel their levels. The only way to know what your testosterone levels are are with a blood test. And here's some interesting things to consider. Testosterone trochets are small waxy pellets that some, that some compounding pharmacists can make up. And what you do is simply dissolve the little pellet underneath the tongue and that releases the testosterone directly into the bloodstream immediately. Now we've had some patients trial testosterone trochets and foolishly take the trochet and then go straight to the lab to get a blood test right after they put testosterone into their blood. And obviously the blood test shows that a lot of testosterone's in the blood. Labs generally won't test beyond a certain level. That level seems to be most for most labs about 100. So all we see reported is a testosterone level greater than 100. Uh, there's there's no further information, but if you if a man has a level of, let's say, ten ish, of testosterone, a one thousand percent increase to a hundred ish yields absolutely no subjective impact whatsoever. No erection, no energy, no feeling of manliness, certainly no feeling of aggression like people have heard about testosterone because. Actually, the aggression tends to come from the estrogen side of the equation, not the testosterone. Another story, which I'll discuss in the, the episode on estrogen. But over time with the trojes, with testosterone spikes of over 1,000%, they don't grow muscle, their training doesn't improve, nothing happens. Testosterone trochets and the creams and the patches are one of the most unsuccessful, subjectively, treatments in existence. They just don't work. There's even studies on older hypogonadal men where uh, we're talking 70-year-old men with clinically low testosterone where the majority, over 70%, no longer use the patches. They can't even be bothered sticking a patch on their arm for three months because they didn't feel any benefit whatsoever. So 
given the fact that a medication that that measurably works in terms of raising levels very dramatically by over a thousand percent is subjectively unfeelable and irrelevant and does not lead to training increases what chance do you think you have of feeling the small day-to-day fluctuations that would happen and normally anyway there's none it's not testosterone that you are feeling also the lesson to be learned from this is that any of these supplements like tribulus and all the rest that claim to increase testosterone by 20 30 50 100 percent are utterly irrelevant they're totally ineffective for the purpose that people expect to get out of them. When we read about studies that say that this particular method of training increased testosterone by 50%, ignoring the fact that there are no conclusive studies showing a single you know, um, relationship between testosterone and an activity, it's, it's all irrelevant anyway. The testosterone is not the cause of any of the changes seen uh, in, in men or women based on these small levels. Further to this, if you were to get a blood test twice a day, three times a day, every day for a week, you will wind up with 14 to 21 blood tests showing different levels in a range of about 100%. So it is not abnormal to see a fluctuation between 8 and 16 That's a 100% fluctuation as just the normal day-to-day up and down of a healthy man's testosterone levels. Now, if you were to uh, get there, if you were to actually fill in a form before you got each blood test and subjectively assess what you believe your testosterone level might be at that point in time, I promise that you would be wrong 75% of the time. Most of the time, you would be wrong about where your levels are. And the reason I say this is because most of the time, whatever a person has said to me they feel that their body is doing is absolutely not what it is doing when we see the blood test. The thing to understand is that just because testosterone is related to your libido and your sense of well-being and your energy and your positivity and your muscle mass and and all of these things and your erections and all of these things does not mean that all of those things are only affected by your testosterone. If you are sleeping poorly and stressed out and or training crappily, etc., etc., you should expect your body composition to be going very, very badly, irrespective of your testosterone levels. Unless you are planning on doping with dramatic three to four hundred percent increases in your testosterone sustained for a period of weeks at a time, then the little blips and blips and beeps of of testosterone fluctuations are absolutely utterly immaterial. Whether you are at the top of the range or the bottom of the range is absolutely irrelevant, except if you are at the top of the range naturally and you hope to go on a a cycle of steroids, you need to expect those steroids to be far less effective on you than they would have been for somebody else and that you will probably need a higher dose than somebody else because your high levels I'm sorry to disappoint you, they don't mean that you're a super studly man of a man, they just mean that your body's pretty crap at using testosterone and you need a lot just to be what you are. 
So I hope you find this helpful. I hope you understand that testosterone is not causing all the problems you've been led to believe, that your testosterone levels, if they are at or toward the bottom of the range, that puts you into a really good group of people who are simply very sensitive to testosterone and have more likelihood of growing muscle and getting lean and doing everything else so long as their training and diet is effective. And that's testosterone. I hope you found this helpful. My name's Damon Hayhow, and this is the Damon Hayhow Podcast. The Damon Hayhow Podcast on DamonHayhow.com.